Ramble. Welcome to the tripod. It's late April and we're still in our houses. It's an exciting time though because we have a great podcast for you. We appreciate you guys listening to all the bonus episodes that we've been doing. Uh, We unfortunately, and I guess fortunately, have some other things that are taking some more of our time. So we're back to one a week, but we had a great time in April, didn't we, (laughs) y'all? Well, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff's been happening. There's aliens. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's spooky. Um, Eugene might have an interest in video games now because uh what is life anymore and there's general updates abound you got your four favorite boys and also miles what's everybody feeling like we put together oh my god my my sound is so so my microphone broke this morning and now i sound very sultry and if you're watching on youtube i have a blue piece of tape that is taping my microphone together but i'm hearing it in my headphones and I just sound deep and sensual. You sound different even, even to sound, me over yeah, the video yeah, chat. Yeah. What, well, that's because I'm that? I'm talking lower, but <laughs> oh, maybe it's adding the gain to it. I see. No, yeah. I kind of I kind of like it better. I you like kinda, it. Yeah, just something like James Earl Jones. Wow, I'm kind of into it. Well, all right, I'll do the entire podcast like this. <laughs> I'm not into it anymore. Oh, all right. Are you sure, Eugene? Are well, you I don't sure? Know. Maybe maybe it's hijinks like that that got this podcast nominated for a Webby. Oh! Hey! oh. So thank you to everyone who's been voting. Uh, you can check out the link uh, both on YouTube community and our social media. Uh, but And also a big shout out to, to Miles for, for being such a great podcast gremlin uh meows for miles meows i want the webby the webby is like the third in the the main digital awards and it's the one that we don't got and it's the coolest looking trophy it's it's like a spring and it looks really fun to play with and i want to play with that award you know and it normally goes to like you know, like bigger companies, mm-hmm. you know, like we're nominated against Will Ferrell. Yeah, you know? the lineup oh. is crazy it's, stacked. Yeah, it's odd that we're there. Uh, but, you know, we're happy <laughs> We're happy to make make it up there with the full official Anchorman podcast and also the tripod. Uh, you know, I, I, something that was, we were talking a lot of, a lot of stuff right before we started, we kept almost having wonderful conversations, but we saved them. We saved them for you, for the listeners, but perhaps the most interesting one, uh, to us in our dynamic is that Eugene was asking us for video game advice. Now, if you don't know if somehow, uh, Eugene never had a console. His, uh, mom told him that video games would give him thumb cancer. So he was never allowed to play. <laughs> so he has no context for what kind of game he even would want to play. So what are the things we should suggest to Eugene, mm. guys? Well, what Eugene, think? what what sort of genres do you like when it comes to movies, TV? I, I should I should clarify uh, Keith's anecdote that the reason <laughs> my mom said that, in case you don't know, is because she was concerned, based on other Asian friends' children, that I would become a nerd. Jokes on her happened anyways, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, so I, would I say, dare say you're you're even nerdier about a lot of things than Oh, I I I think I over-nerded in other categories because yeah, I did not get to play 
any video games. I had to sneak to my friends' houses to play, what was it, N64, like GoldenEye. Wow. Uh, first time I played oh, Mario Kart. Oh, so you did Kart. play GoldenEye. Poorly. I just did the, the mode where you shoot each other, where there's no story and you can do a big head. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I always played I always played the sexy lady. I guess I always play the sexy lady. Uh, but yeah. Natalia? Genres, yes. Yes. Or no, uh, Zenya. Zenya oh. on a top. The lady who crushes men with her thighs. Oh, oh yes. I'm familiar. Yes. <laughs> um, Ned, to your question, you said, what would I be interested in? Well, first and foremost, what console should I get? Is it the console do I get because I want a certain game or games? Or do I get yeah. a certain console because the console's better or has better control system? Okay. So this is a great question. I'm so question. in the dark. All yeah. consoles, except for the Switch, are all about how beautiful they are, how like cool the games are how interactive how the multiplayer works how sharp Photo realistic yeah. Yeah, it's like a, a graphics arms race and you got ps4 and you got xbox one well and you got the ps4 pro and, and the xbox one x if you nasty and you got pc <laughs> gaming <laughs> yes eugene yes, ain't nasty like that fancy <laughs> versions of each of them but this is let's collect talk basics playstation uh -huh. xbox <laughs> There's I like twice the as many version. PlayStation <laughs> users as Xbox with the newest systems. So that's mm -hmm. something to keep in mind. The Switch, uh, Nintendo, and Nintendo has always been about, and actually their mission statement is about fun and playing together. And uh, the games are a lot less like advanced in their uh, graphics and stuff like that, but they're, they're way more fun, silly, like heartwarming, goofy, like Pokemon is on Nintendo. You know, like yeah. that, that, and Mario is on Nintendo. Everything about yeah. Nintendo has always been about how fun it looks, how inviting it is to just play. Yeah. Um, and also, Nintendo has a hilarious reputation for the worst controllers ever designed, yeah. uh, which <laughs> is, is just a fun, fun fact. Uh, now, their Switch controller is actually the most normal they've ever had, and it still is not a normal controller. So Keith, you you're championing uh, Nintendo. I've always been a Nintendo boy, and I've always been a Nintendo handheld boy. I had all the Game Boys, Game Boy Advance, DS, uh, and that came from my brothers had like the real system, and they were playing too often for me to get a chance to play. So my parents got me my own little system that I could play by myself. So then I decided I would only play those types of uh, consoles, which meant I also only played Nintendo games by yourself, which are side scrollers and RPGs. Do we have a champion to represent? Xbox. I mean, I know you're trying to like put us into different boxes here, but everyone Eugene, here you likes should Nintendo? obviously get a Switch. You are gonna get yeah. wrecked if you play Call of Duty Warzone <laughs> on PlayStation. Like, just don't even bother with an Xbox or a PS4. Yeah, they're great. I have, I have a PS4. I love it. I, that's what I mostly play. But like for you, you you should definitely get a Switch, Switch. if you want a game in 4K. You're going to want to get a PS4 Pro or an Xbox One X, but I imagine that you don't need the frame rate or the 4K, 8K games with ray tracing. I think you're going to want to play But guys, here's the problem. He can't get a Switch right now. They sure. are on super duper back order yeah. because everyone's like, I need something to occupy my time. I've got to get my Animal Crossing on. You can't what? do it. Wait, what? for real? Yeah. Yeah, they're sold out again. Yeah, they're on super back order. Oh, People, no. I know someone who bought one Paid, you know, went on the portal, bought one, and then they sent them an email and it was like, you will receive it in four to six months. Oh, shit. Jesus. What's Final Fantasy on? 
Oh, PS4 primarily, but yeah. um, okay. they have they have all the old uh, Final Fantasy games on Switch, so you can play the yeah. like original ones. But if you want to play the new one, like Final Fantasy VII Remake, which Daddy's playing right now, it's on PS4 and it's uh, beautiful and they're so hot. Let's not tether you to reality here, Eugene. You know, let's 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 break out because you are a blank slate here. You don't even know yeah. the video games. You yeah. you know the Pokemon, but beyond that, if you could design a game, you know, what is the game Whoa. that you want to inhabit? Don't say, oh, I want to play the new Mario. Just tell me the features. Tell me the look. Tell me the vibe. It's uh, set in a high school, <laughs> but you're a basketball player and you really like a girl who's into musicals. Mm. This high school <laughs> so musical. you have it's to try out game. for the musical, <laughs> but also playing the championship game. What's that for? <laughs> I th- like a NBA 2K meets DDR type yeah, of Exactly, yeah. Out of like personal curiosity, because my interests that are adjacent to games are like, I watch tons of anime and I'm super into things like, I mean, I know the Final Fantasy stories because I like what they're about, but I don't play them. Like I know all the cloud stuff. I watched all the the Advent Children movies, but um, yeah, I think the fantasy role playing. Every time someone talks about Ocarina of Time or Zelda, I'm like, oh, that sounds cool because mm. I do love all the Mario stuff clearly and the Pokemon stuff. But every time I actually play it, and you've played Mario Kart with me, I get kind of bored. Like I start yeah, mm-hmm. loo- like I can't sit for hours and do the same thing. So I think I need something that has what do you call it? Running around in the Puzzles. world, open yeah. world. Yeah. Oh, so open you need world? like you need a narrative and a story. Yeah, I want a need, story. Like, the fantasy element. I oh, like the man. fantasy element. Oh, this is so exciting. Yeah. I want someone who. I want someone who was like the long lost love who died. I want to interject and say that I had to look it up to make sure, but there is High School Musical the movie three dance the video game (laughs) and it is a like a ddr based uh game that's only in the world of high school musical that i had on wii the high school is in a fantasy open world and all the characters Mm -hmm. are like you know centaurs so the centaur plays basketball but also wants to dance Oh, so Eugene, you're not talking about first-person shooters. You're not talking about no. like cartoon games. You're you're talking about like like The Witcher Three, yeah, or yeah. like Skyrim, Final Overwatch. Fantasy, just yeah. like beautiful immersive games that take you on an adventure that you can explore the world and do anything. And if you set the difficulty easy enough, I think you'll be able to really. That's what I'm worried enjoy about. Enjoy walking around. Yeah. No, they have. They always have a super easy mode where you basically some. It's called like story mode, where you, oh, you okay. hardly ever die, and it's mostly about watching all the cutscenes and taking advantage of the story. I, yeah. I know I make fun of y'all for Magic Gathering, but I do like the concept, the worlds. I don't like sitting and playing cards, but I like all the fantasy story you like the genre. elements. Yeah, I like yeah. the genre. Well, maybe uh, PlayStation's for you then. I take it back. PlayStation has a lot of like JRPGs, uh, Japanese yeah. role-playing games, which Ooh, they, tell me more. There's a lot, like <laughs> Final Fantasy's on there, but there's all the games that are really popular in Japan, so it'll be like, oh, the gameplay's really good, but then everyone's super hot, and they're all like sucking yeah. face. So that's your favorite. That's your favorite, Miles. Thanks, that Miles. is, no, that is markedly <laughs> not my favorite. I will say that I do like all those games. Appreciate that, the contribution. There's a 
the funny thing about like Japanese role playing games where like people will be like, oh man, like the gameplay is really cool. And then like you'll play it and there'll be like a horny teacher character. And it's like, I don't know that I should be playing this. Oh, I found out last night about this. They just made a Predator game where it's Battle Royale style, like, like Fortnite, where you drop in but one of you is the predator. So you're super powered and you're trying to hunt down the rest of the people. And then everyone else is a team trying to hunt you. Oh, that sounds super dope. Wow. Awesome. Well, speaking of aliens, don't we have some news about aliens? I got a po bone to pick with the, this alien news. This is a video that's been out for a year and a half. Uh, I've, I've seen this video a million times so everyone's like oh they released it it's like yeah they fucking talked about it before they're just i think they're just trying to make us think about aliens more and not about the other pressing issue that's happening now like oh but remember actually there's aliens <laughs> i i actually saw it as the opposite so so the backstory is the pentagon the pentagon yeah. uh declassified footage and so yeah. this is footage that had leaked but what was big about this is that the pentagon said hey this is our secret files we are releasing it to the public which is an acknowledgement that this is real footage that they captured yeah. uh, which i don't think was necessarily up for debate but what to me what was so funny about this is that everyone's like yeah yeah all right mm -hmm. i think releasing it right now is such a perfect way for everyone to be like i we don't have time to care about aliens i i just mm -hmm. i don't care right now and i think that there's <laughs> something so funny if like you know, growing up in all the movies, we always thought like, oh my God, once we see this this video proof, we're all gonna like be like, oh my God, it's a life shattering thing. We all made a joke on Twitter and went on with the rest of our fucking day. I think even if we had footage that was like definitive, like some dude coming out of a ship with seven <laughs> legs and like, we'd all be like, oh, that's crazy. Well, what's for lunch? <laughs> yeah. Until the mothership has hovered over New York City about to blast it with a photon gun. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of just retweet and move on. Wait, have any of y'all seen a UFO? No, uh, I just remember there was, were you I guys wish. there when we were, it, I don't know if we were at, at Disney or somewhere and there was this really bizarre beam of light that was just in the sky. And I remember all of us stopped and we looked at it and like, what the fuck is that? And then the next day they were like, uh, there was um some uh, uh, testing happening. SpaceX uh, was doing testing. And we're like, what? That's not what any... I've never seen that. It was very weird. We were walking through, yeah, like Disney, and it was just a giant, basically a spotlight in the sky. Yeah. And no one... People would like kind of glance at it and then keep moving. I think people are so resistant to be the one that's like, is that weird? Because you don't want to look stupid and be called out as stupid. Whereas we were like, guys, that's really weird looking, that's right? right. <laughs> There's no Disneyland right now. I, the other yeah. day I was sitting and there was like a, the word Disneyland was in the background of somebody's video. And I was like, oh, Disneyland. <laughs> it can't go to Disneyland right <laughs> now. It's so sad. I want to go on a roller coaster. I got really sad this week because my birthday's coming up in June. And when I thought about having a birthday... Yeah, and it's my 33rd birthday, which is a pretty big one. There's at least a reason to make it big because there's two threes in it. Uh, <laughs> and I was just sad that I couldn't really do anything for my birthday, like go to Disneyland or have a big party or even just go to a restaurant. I'm with you, Ned. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm in the same place. Your birthday's in June too, Keith. Are yeah. You, Those, so is Becky's. Your birthday? And Becky's is, is in May. And uh, she's turning thirty. Oh, that's man, an that's actual a big like one. big one. And and I don't know what to do about it? Should and we, we like, were gonna have oh, grow I'm, the internet a big birthday party. 
I know. We were going to, Becky had, we had been talking about Becky's 30th for like a year and that we were going to basically throw like one last college party and we were going to get like a keg and we were going to make jello shots and we were going to like rent a house and we were going to put bags in the backyard, put beer pong in one room, put flip cup and it was just going to be one last uh, party like you're in, the, in your 20s, you know, one last big stupid yeah. uh, party. And you guys know that I was uh, ramping up to, to do our... Um long-awaited Zach gets bar mitzvahed uh, for my 30th birthday. I never had a bar mitzvah as a kid. Uh, mine's, mine's in July, and I was going to throw like a big bar mitzvah where you have the tables, the theme tables, and the dancers and the whole thing. Uh, you know, maybe we'll do it in the future. Eugene, you were nodding before, uh, before we went on a birthday tangent. Have you seen a UFO? Oh, yes. I've seen a UFO. I, <laughs> I saw one for sure because... It not only, yeah, it not only zigged, it zagged. <laughs> oh. That's, yeah, it it zigged and then zagged. So I was lying on my back for some reason. <laughs> uh, How old? I'm guessing in Texas. Yeah, I was 16. Um, and then I was looking at the sky and I think I was either on my roof for some reason. I had a weird, that's the whole tangent I shouldn't say. I'm not going to go into that tangent. Um <laughs> <laughs> you liked being on your roof as a kid. Yeah, sometimes I go oh, on my roof. I think I know. Yeah, yeah I during this. storms, yeah, anyway. I'd be like, where's the weirdest place I can do this? And so I was on my roof. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was no, on my roof. Please by, please breeze by. I was on my <laughs> roof and <laughs> not doing that. And I was looking at the stars. And <laughs> and uh, though I think on this one, actually, I think my sister was with me. Not, yeah. But this was because we were just hanging out. No, this all went off the rails. Stop adding just me on the roof. Tell us about the UFO. <laughs> and I'm looking at the stars, and then I explicitly see this weird, like, circular blue, like a light cyan, moving through and moving through the stars, and it, it slowed down, which was so weird because I was like, "Huh, that's a weird aircraft," and it slowed, and then it stopped, and then it quickly shot this way like the bottom oh, of the Z, yeah. and then it stopped, oh, yeah. and then it shot that way. And everything about it, oh, I just remember yeah. saying, every type of movement that it was exhibiting was not of this earth. It just was not. What? It was definitely a UFO. Whoa. Did your Whoa. sister see it? Yes. Whoever was with me saw it, and I can't remember now if it was my sister or my friend or my imaginary friend. Well, of course, you wouldn't really have a clear memory because they came down mm -hmm. and wiped it. Yeah, no, but I swear that I for sure saw it. Where was the nearest Air Force base to your hometown? Ned, are you about to poo-poo our dreams and say that all, all alien stuff is just the government testing futuristic? No, no, flight? I'm saying that that they, of course, would have put a secret research station to investigate ah. the not just He's singular appearance but recurrent alien scouting uh, excursions oh so you think they put a uh, air force bases near where alien activity is going on mm. so that we could get to the bottom of the truth yes. man yeah well i mean obviously no i don't think that but i am trying to humor uh, <laughs> this general conversation about being on board with it <laughs> you're part way on board i'm not talking about gemini's right now yeah he's talking about the stars but not astrology guys i was so unbelievably uh, like obsessed with aliens as a kid. I don't think you know this about me, but I would go to the library weekly and just check out books on aliens. Like that that alien meme guy. Like I, w if I saw that as a kid, I would have eaten that shit up. 
And now looking back is what a total waste of time that I could have been expanding my brain in the (laughs) library. But, you know, whatever (laughs) makes you read as a kid. And I would have reading these super vivid dreams and try and convince myself that I made an alien best friend. I just wanted to live out ET. It's all I wanted. I want to just touch on the whatever makes you read as a kid and quickly tie it back to video games. The reason I think that... (laughs) No, it's true. When you play role-playing games, Mm -hmm. uh, classic RPGs are incredibly dense text reading. And also, you have to talk to every character. You have to put pieces of story together out of order and figure out what you have to do. And it takes... it creates a lot of logical reasoning skills and incredible reading comprehension because uh, sometimes, because some of them are made in Japan, the translations were wrong and you'd have to figure out what this sentence was actually saying. Like, very occasionally, be like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, he means that. Oh, no wonder I couldn't figure it out. Uh, but it like created really good reading comprehension, logic, understanding, problem solving, puzzle solving, uh, that's what that's one of the best things. I know, whenever they're like kids shouldn't play video games, I'm like that is crazy. There's so much you can learn through video games because they actually engage you in in different ways. And, and most of the time, in those old games, you're leading like three paragraphs per character and trying to remember it all. Especially real time strategy games. I mean, you guys know I've been getting back into Age of Empires two, the yep. turn of the millennium classic right now. But you know, Age of Empires, Starcraft. Oh yeah, I, I definitely have been. Age of Empires has the like historical element where you learn stuff about history, but also real time strategy games as a genre, you are basically like multitasking, micromanaging, like adjusting a bunch of different schedules and balancing timelines like you're basically uh learning like operations <laughs> wasn't the footage from a blink 182 member yeah so tom delong leaked the footage initially and then the pentagon was like wait just kidding we, that was ours because he's an alien hunter right he hunts aliens but like he, fr- yes. friendly hunting he owns something called to the stars academy and to the stars academy <laughs> is like a thing that he made that he was like aliens are real i want to put all this money uh there's an article from this but uh, this website that says tom DeLong quit the pop punk band over two years ago in order to put more manpower into his ufo stuff so like He's oh. just doing UFO stuff now. He's not saying it anymore. That's the reason we don't have new Blink-182 songs? Kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. Aliens. I think that's so admirable in a weird way. Like, he's like, you know what I love? <laughs> Aliens. I'm going <laughs> to stop doing this, this, like, clearly successful music career and go fucking start an alien company. It's so funny, too, because, like, I look, I adore Aliens. I would love to find out that there's life out there. But it's such a a bottomless pursuit where it's like you are going to be sinking hundreds of thousands millions of dollars at endless hours of your time to basically just prove ah see like there's no there's no there's nothing at the end of that rainbow there's no there's no version where you're paid back and then if you prove it it's just like what now you just have shown that like aha see i was right no you can go to the alien planet and freaking hang out yeah. with alien babes what do you mean there's no there's no gold at the end of the rainbow come on tom is number <laughs> tom is number 1 on the alien vip yeah i mean and the thought isn't just that there's some ufo uh, unidentified flying object but that there's maybe some sort of like classified communication where yeah. like aliens have actually talked to you know scientists or military okay. people or something we've talked alternate career uh from childhood but what's your what's your tom move 
What's your, I'm going to quit everything I'm doing right now Mm. to invest in this one passion that no one's going to believe in. (laughs) Like, what's that? What's your alien hunter What's our business? Cons- I mean, I don't What's know about no one believing passion? in it, but I might like <laughs> just like really work towards clean energy. But uh, what's my like? You're crazy, weird? Ned. It'll That's never so work. <laughs> Unheard of. This guy's out of his fucking Come mind. On, he wants to save us in power cars. What an my idiot. Conspiracy. I don't I, have a conspiracy. I do want to help research the popularity of arcades someday. <laughs> loved arcades growing up they were such a big part like right like you used to, every mall you went to back in the 90s there was an arcade and it was dope and my mom would be like okay we'll meet back here in an hour and a half and i would go to the toy store for five minutes i'd go sit in a brookstone for five minutes and get a free massage and then i'd go spend the rest of my time in an arcade playing dance dance revolution trying to get tickets trying to win stuff trying to play skee-ball I, I i just loved arcades and they've dwindled and now they're only in like dave and buster's situations and that's stupid i because it costs too much money you don't know how much you're spending because they give you arbitrary point values to your dollar and then suddenly you don't realize you just paid a dollar fifty to play pac-man and that's yeah. mean that's mean. I think a- there's, that's a fair critique of Dave and Buster's, but I will say the main innovation of loading up a bunch of money on a little swipe card, yeah, and giving you bonuses for if you drop forty dollars instead of ten dollars, right? Brilliant. It's interesting that you say that. It links back to our video game conversation because <laughs> originally video games in general and home consoles were designed by like Atari and all that stuff to be like prohibitively hard. So that yeah. way you kept spending cash. But like yeah. now, like home consoles are way better than most video games in arcades because they're just better. But there's a couple of, there's one place, oh, what's a, it's called Two Bit Circus in LA, but there's some around there that are like VR arcades. Yeah. And that is so worth it. Totally worth it. Really? Yeah. yeah. There is also somewhere in LA, or it's on Vermont, somewhere or Western. It's called Family Arcade. Mm-hmm. And it is a standalone mall arcade that's not in a mall. But you walk <laughs> in, you're like, holy shit, this is a dope mall arcade. And it's like got so much pinball. It's got everything you wanted when you were a kid. It's got a time crisis machine. It's got a guitar hero area. It's got like <laughs> ski ball in the back. It's got basketball. It's got everything. It's got a ticket counter. Wait a second, Keith. Keith, haven't you, this is the perfect segue, you've been making your own arcade in your home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 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 uh, I want to hear about well, it. You just sent I, us this cryptic only, text message. I've only just begun, but I have decided <laughs> that I am making a cardboard skee-ball machine in my house. <laughs> what? Um, Fucking awesome. I looked up, I, I now, there are other people who have made cardboard skee-ball machines, and also people who have made their own at home, like, full, fully functional skee-ball machines, and I just thought, like, man, that'd be, that'd be fun playing skee-ball right and then i looked and see how much it costs to buy a skee-ball machine and there are some that are actually 250 dollars. i'm like what ah that's just cheap enough where i might do it and that's it's an irresponsible choice because where will i how, put it how big is it it's like still six or seven feet it's like a pretty but it's like very cheaply made it's like you know when you're like go to your friend's house and they say that they have like a, a basketball like game and then you go and it's really just like a plastic one with like a plastic net you're like well that's kind of what i wanted i guess it's pretty good this but there are some that are like 700 800 that seem pretty legit but then the real ones in the arcade are like three thousand dollars so either way no matter what i can't keep this for more than a week uh because where will it go so i'm just gonna make one out of cardboard and i've got those laundry balls like i used in the miniature golf course video that are just these light they're just so light and i think i they could withstand like the brunt of being rolled and hitting cardboard the cardboard won't break 
So I have I've done the the drawing out of the circles of the the holes and like placed <laughs> out the things. I've got enough cardboard to make the ramp. I've written out the design for like where the feet will be, how to get the balls to come back through. But I uh, some honestly at some point it's just going to have to be start cutting and taping. But I need some duct tape. I only have yeah. gaff tape, and a gaff tape's too expensive to waste <laughs> on this kind of thing. And also, it's not actually as strong as duct tape. Looks like Ned's got some tape around his microphone. He could. He's got painters oh, yeah. tape. I got I'm not hey. even going to pretend that that's strong enough for anything. Painters tape is. I'm going to say it. The worst tape. Oh, <laughs> it's, well, not, whoa, whoa, whoa! It's, I mean, painting. it's designed to be flimsy and come off easily. But when I you know, paint, that's what somehow you like when you're growing up, like you have a lot of painters tape in your house. You're like, well, I'll use this, and it's the shittiest <laughs> tape. It's so bad. I would rather have scotch tape. I'm I'm building it and I am like slightly filming it. I don't know if it'll go into a video. Maybe it'll just go on IGTV on our channel to explain how to make a make it. But it's really just it's I just need to make things uh and we can't make as many videos as we need to make right now because we already have so many videos we're pretty much shot through july and at this point if we make stuff uh, more stuff about quarantine it might not be relatable so i'm just making this for me and becky is allowing me to do it and i'm just making it (laughs) if there was a black mirror episode about a future arcade museum you are definitely the guy who runs it like when they walk in with a heavy mustache that is the visual suspenders suspenders uh-huh. I mean like- and like and he's so <laughs> friendly in the beginning but then it turns out he's harvesting children's souls yes. in the in the yeah. back room no, I, where if you win the yeah. master prize you come to the back room no the the games all have cameras that slowly absorb your soul as you play them yeah. uh, and then eventually you become a part of the game and then you're trapped in each game so when you go there's like oh there's new characters but those are actually your friends that looks a lot like Rodney. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Rodney? That, that's, it feels like a classic Are You Afraid of the Dark episode would yeah. be exactly that. <laughs> yeah, we pivoted away from Black Mirror real quick and yeah. went straight yeah. up Goosebumps Are You Afraid of the Dark. Also, I would be much more of an Are You Afraid of the Dark villain because they're always like, well, hello and welcome to my world of mystery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't want that. You don't want the monkey paw. Okay, in, in an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, I'm the innocent kid. Ned is my best friend who goes missing in the middle. And Eugene is like the na- <laughs> the neighbor across the street who like, I don't know, but then we become like uh, bonded through this experience and he ends up saving me. Eugene used to have his friend Miles who disappeared <laughs> 25 years ago in the same yes. way. And then you go and you free him from my, <laughs> my arcade cabinet of doom, which is probably, <laughs> it probably is called arcade of doom. Yeah, and, uh, but at the end there's a twist and I'm not fully gone, but I'm like, maybe, or maybe you trap me in the game. That's typically how they would end. Oh yeah. I got to pitch to y'all my Tom idea real quick. This is mm. my, I'm quitting everything that I've ever dreamed of and I want to invest in. We're doing a real cross-stitch pattern this uh, I love this, this episode yeah, we where we'll go yeah. two steps forward, then you come back to thread it. I, I, this, this, is a great, this is a great time. I want to create an organization that's like Westminster, but for like funny, shitty mutts. So it's basically an annual dog show where uh, every dog is like a shelter adoptee and just like they're like the breed is i don't know and uh (laughs) basically um all the challenges though are basically which dog is the most like charming and funny so it's like not actual skills but it's just an excuse to like have this pomp and circumstance around just like wacky looking pups you know and just televise it, raise money for it. It's like Westminster, but 
instead of uh you know agility it's more like which dog will get off the couch first you know like really (laughs) it's like the personality (laughs) contest of a beauty pageant but for dogs yeah it's just miscongeniality for all the pups all of my millions i would devote to trying to just do jurassic park trying to like (laughs) harvest dna from ancient bones and somehow recreate it and like create dinosaurs that would be awesome (laughs) i mean i feel like we have the science for the most part to do that like we have like uh cloning abilities we have the ability to like dig up like like old embryonic cells right. and like all it needs is put them a wild animals. and crazy benefactor who's just rich enough and just crazy enough to make it work. You'd be Dr. John Hammond. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. I think Zach would then be Lex. You'd be one of the kids. Yeah, because you'd be like, I know the system. Uh, Keith would be Jeff Goldblum. Wow, I had me yeah. I had me pegged for Newman. No, no, no. <laughs> you have you have Goldblum-esque uh, looks and height. He's a very right. tall man. I, that's yeah. true. I think Miles would be Miles. Who would you be in Jurassic Park? I hold on to your butts. <laughs> You'd be Samuel Jackson. Yeah, I would love to be Samuel, and that's my one. I'm guessing Eugene. You want to be Laura Dern? Of course, of course. Yeah. Thank you. He's Laura Dern. Yeah. Is this West? I want to be Indian Sam O'Neill. Lila? Then let me be Sam O'Neill. Why can't I be Sam O'Neill? <laughs> Come on, let me be Sam O'Neill. I might oh, be you're... better as just as just a dinosaur. <laughs> I might be the T-Rex. I feel like I'd be the one chasing you in the in the side view mirror. You know, like, hey, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna get you. Hey, <laughs> where you going? Come back. <laughs> Come to my arcade. I'll grab your soul. <laughs> like one conspiracy theory that I do really like is the idea of the lost city of Atlantis. Oh, oh yeah, yes. yeah, that's sexy. That's, that's so hot. sexy. It's uh, like this ancient civilization that was lost to time because the ocean swallowed it up very believable i mean that probably really you know that, that seems Could happen like yeah there probably is a, a several cities in the history of the world that have just been like flooded and then like you know they were built on more of a sandstone like in structure and it just eventually dissolved and i mean drifted out to sea and sank in hundreds of thousands of years, people are going to be like, the lost city of Miami. Nuevo <laughs> York. <laughs> the magical city I mean, of Miami. Venice is already sinking, which is so sad. Shout out to Venice. But all of this really gives me a big old archaeology boner. Yeah. <laughs> you guys... You guys ever cool. look? You know the... You know the Disney movie Atlantis? Yeah. You guys yeah. see it? Yeah. No. Yeah, it's, it was yeah. awesome. It's in the 2000s, which is the like a dark period for Disney where they just lost a lot of money and they weren't really producing 2D animated. But like Lilo and Stitch came from that era. Uh, Emperor's New Groove came from that era. It's like post Disney Renaissance. Mm. Oh, but wait, I, I was thinking of that. Aquaman. No, I definitely haven't seen that movie. No, the animated <laughs> film Atlantis. Yeah, yeah. that film is pretty dope. I mean, it's kind of underrated. It's very fun. I feel it like you'd fun. like it, Keith. All I all I know about Atlantis is every time I hear it, I think of that one resort that's somewhere and there's a big water slide that goes under some sharks. And the, I remember being seeing commercials for it as a kid and being like, well, that looks like the greatest hotel mm. ever. It's like a Mayan <laughs> pyramid, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, and then yeah. it's got a slide that goes under an aquarium very briefly 
And that's all they needed to advertise to kids. And it was always advertised on Nickelodeon because they're like, kids will totally bug their parents to also, go to this terrible place. Also, the Disney World Hotel where the monorail comes into the lobby. Crazy. So oh, cool. There's um, something called Lotte World in Korea. So Lotte uh, is like uh, Korea's, I don't know, both 7-Eleven and Exxon. And it's just a huge company. But they have a theme park that essentially has a, a roller coaster. It's more common now in Vegas, but it was one of the first that was just like mostly indoors. So imagine that you're just like flying indoors right above the heads of people walking. So you're like hanging, you're doing flips, and you're literally standing there in the a, a huge building just mm-hmm. watching people's feet fly right right over yeah. your head. Well, it was like the coolest All of thing. America type oh. stuff. I, 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 you know, I got to say, I'm very much excited for, you know, in a year and a half when like, everything maybe is way more normal and we can go back to theme parks because like arcades theme parks just give you this like unbridled joy even now as a fully like a 33 almost year old man when i'm like walking up to disney like i pick up my pace right Mm -hmm. i start walking a little faster i just i gotta get the fuck in there i i gotta get (laughs) i gotta get in there i gotta get in the line i gotta go on a ride it's gonna be so fun and we're gonna get a churro and i'm gonna see (laughs) people taking pictures and i i there's something so uh i don't know it evokes that like childhood like excitement the same with arcades like i I always get excited anytime Mm. i go to do something that was super nostalgic and very like colorful and fun you know (sighs) what i've rediscovered a sense of childhood uh excitement recently because i have a kid i've gone to more aquariums than i ever have in like 30 years and they're they're awesome i don't know why i've been sleeping on aquariums but it's like it's cool it's dark and there's these like you can see like the fish swimming above you or there's there's always one like giant pane where it's you know a whole like floor to ceiling where you can see all the different types and it's just so like different like different colors different types of fish and you learn about fish and it's just it's like everything under the ocean looks so different from everything on land and i guess i i never just sort of like as I was an adult, I started thinking about my own small world. And when you go to an aquarium or any sort of like museum that shows animals from different places, you get this sense of expansive like wonder of the world. I mean, we're talking about space. The whole the ocean we haven't finished exploring, and it is there are mysteries untold down there. It is it genuinely feels like another planet. It's so Spooky. endlessly fascinating and cool. That's what James Cameron spent all his money on. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to create all these submersibles so I can go look at shit down there. (laughs) I think the only reason I'm interested in the Avatar sequel, which like when the fuck is it coming out, is that apparently a lot of it happens underwater. So I'm like, ah, now you have my interest. Please change the font. But you do have my (laughs) curiosity. (laughs) Yes. I I think a really good uh, like diehard type movie, but set in an aquarium, could be thrilling. Like imagine if they're like shooting guns, and then like the they're shooting guns to make a wall of water, and sharks fall on the villains. Like that. How has there never been an action movie in an aquarium? Okay, but it's animated, and it's actually a little fish against other big mean fish trying to <laughs> that seems like a real play that seems like a that's just one of the finding nemos almost or, uh, honestly if it was a keanu reeves film called the aquarium mm-hmm. i would pay good money to see that oh yeah. yeah you know there's one part where like he's stuck 
And the way that he kills the bad guy is he shoots the glass and then the shark comes out and eats him. Yeah. And then, the, then shark the shark dies. okay afterwards because <laughs> oh, they, no. they like put it back. Oh, I because- want scenes where they're chasing each other in scuba gear as well. Yeah. Like, like maybe there's like a, a hidden fortune in this aquarium, and they don't, and the bad guys don't know where it is. It might be in one of the shark tanks. It might be just behind yeah. the the, the but- gift shop. Keith, Keanu is actually a because um, Keanu is one of the most giving celebrities out there. He is like a true gem. Uh, he yeah. works as a pacifist. He's like a um, ex ex marine, but then he yeah. now lives as someone who tends to the aquariums. Like he works there, <laughs> like, eating the fish. And then when these uh, these people come to get whatever the mis- the jewel is that's hidden, mm-hmm. they take the entire aquarium hostage. So it has like school yeah. children and moms and all that yeah. shit. And the only person they can depend on is the guy that like is cleaning the tank, you know, in scuba gear. Of course, it's Keanu Reeves. Air Force One, but instead of a plane, it's an aquarium. Instead of the president, it's Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, between, between this, between this and Drag Me to Hey, I wish we had like an animation budget where we could just cut trailers yeah. of these like fake movies because we're like these are dream movies that I think you know in this day and age anything goes. You have Netflix buying every single fucking idea under the sun. I'd watch The Aquarium with Keanu. Hey, you oh, want to yeah. see our crazy money losing ideas? Support the podcast, Tripod, <laughs> uh, patreoncom guys. How many? How many patrons will it take for us to make Drag Me to Brunch or Drag Me to Hay, whatever we're calling <laughs> it? Drag me to Hay, probably drag like ten thousand. If we get to ten thousand <laughs> patrons, we will make Drag Me to Brunch. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I think we could only maybe afford a scene because, like, queens are like, you know, yeah, you pay them, pay them. Oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. good. Uh, I don't know, but maybe just a scene would be funny. I wish we could just cut the best tripod movie ideas, film one scene of each one and have that be like a film. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I'm asking for a target here, okay? We've currently got we've got under 4,000 patrons. If we get to what? Is it going to take 10,000? 10,000. Is that when we're going to yeah. do One million dollars. One million. <laughs> we need a mil. All right, Ned's saying 10,000 patrons. If we cross that threshold, we will make uh, at least a scene or animated excerpt from from Drag Me. Yes, yeah. yes. And the aquarium. Ooh, honestly, just Drag Me is actually a great title. Drag, yeah. drag Me. Oh, Drag Me to Hay. <laughs> drag me, drag me to Brunch. <laughs> Speaking of uh, roller coasters, Zach, you've had a bit of a, a emotional roller coaster recently. If you uh, mm. wouldn't mind divulging mm. some of what has happened in your life. Uh, we would love to hear about it. Yeah, I mean, this is this is as hard a pivot as any, but uh, I, over the past two weeks, have had one of the most difficult periods of, of my adult life, and I, and I wanted to share about it, and frankly, like, the more questions you guys ask me about it, the, the more easier this is going to be. Um, mm-hmm. You may notice, if you're watching on video, that you're like, huh, I've never seen this room in Zach's house, and that's because I'm not in my house. Um, about a little over two weeks ago, Maggie woke up uh, not feeling well. I should skip to the end and say that she is now 100% fine, uh, back to health, but she tested positive for COVID-19. Um, she is a healthcare worker. She doesn't work with COVID patients. And it's something that I've avoided talking about because I didn't want our fans to to worry about me. I, I knew that if I talked about her being a nurse, I'm giggling at Ned's broken microphone. You know, you got to find moments of levity. <laughs> it's like it's slowly drooping as you're talking. And I'm just trying to. The microphone's getting it. sad. I'm sorry. My, the microphone. my microphone's like, meow. Oh, Zach. But, um, 
I, I knew that that people our fans would worry and they would say Zach you got you know I should change also my my zoom name is Navi Zach and I can't I can't be talking about <laughs> shit that popped up. Um, so I knew that people would be worried and say Zach she's going out into the world you're immunosuppressed you should but I I also knew like this is going to be going on for a long time what you want me to just leave for the next eight months I I can't be apart from my girlfriend so she woke up feeling very ill and actually these were symptoms that weren't considered symptoms then but they just updated them so she woke up terrible migraines really bad chills and immediately i was like "Uh oh you stay in the bedroom i have the living room um because she's a healthcare worker she filled out this survey that they give them every single night and they scheduled her a test like within hours so i'm disinfecting the room but i feel fine and I, I guess I want to talk about not really the the physical challenges and more because you've heard a lot about about that and more about the emotional challenges of dealing with COVID, which I guess I haven't heard as much about. What was that first moment like when you found out? So she went and got a test and she got like, you know, the one that pokes the back mm-hmm. of your brain. And she said it was wildly uncomfortable, but it was fine. If you need it, you shouldn't be afraid of yeah. it. It's weird. But um, we, she found out the next morning and, you know, we were freaked out. I was thinking, okay, I'm probably positive because I've been around her. Um, I had to sleep on the couch that first night, which sucked. I don't have a pullout bed. And then, but really what started happening is the next day already, she felt much better. And which was a huge relief. And over the next like day or two, she was like, yeah, I I really like it was one really bad day for her. And then she was fine. But I was then left with this terrible choice of like, okay, by being in this apartment, I might be exposing myself further. But I also should assume that I've already been exposed. So I can't go to a friend's house. But then also in about a week, she's going to feel fine in a day she might feel fine but i need to keep her in her bedroom because she can't be around me responsibly and that was really uh quite stressful i'm I'm sure it was it was really stressful worrying about like your own condition too yeah it it was and and i mean she was concerned i you know i i can only really talk about my experience but i know from her she was dealing with, I mean, one, she was sick, and two, she was in, she had these horrible feelings of guilt of wondering, did I infect my, my boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Like, did I bring it home? She, I, it was a tough time for her. So ultimately, I made the decision to uh, leave the house. She was feeling great. She could take care of herself. I thought that giving her the apartment would make her feel like a human. A friend of mine had an open unit in his building that was fully furnished, and they they were kind enough to let me live here for two weeks. Um, but then, uh, about two days into living here, I started experiencing symptoms, and I was having it felt like someone was was choking me, uh, like like just that my my windpipe was was closing. I was experiencing shortness of breath throughout the entire day, and I went and got tested. I went to the forum. They have this crazy parking lot where you drive through a cone maze. Actually, we were talking about Dave and Buster's earlier. You know the um, claw arm mm-hmm. where uh-huh. they they uh, they sell? They use that to pass pamphlets through the crack of your window. Oh, wow. I mean, wow. <laughs> they're just using whatever they got to make this happen. But it's really efficient. And it's you don't even get out of your car. They pass you a test and you swab the inside of your mouth, 10 seconds each side, back of the throat. So I'm living for a couple days, convinced that I have it. I get the test back and I was negative, which most people would be like, hooray. 
But I had this tailspin into this minor depression where I thought that I was positive. I was experiencing the symptoms and I wanted to go home. So either I had what was a false negative and I had to assume that I had to still behave as if I was positive and keep myself sequestered, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't go home. And then on the flip side, I was left with it's very possible that all of this was psychosomatic because as the partner of someone who was going through it, I was experiencing anxiety on a level that I don't think I've ever experienced in my adult life. Yeah. And the shortness of breath, yeah, it's possible that, look, I'm <laughs> I'm pretty damn convinced that I'm going to get the antibody test and whenever I can get it and show that I did have it and that I'm fortunate that I am feeling back to 100%. But it was a few days where it just felt like my like the world was crumbling in on me. Um, and I know that Maggie had similar anxiety. My family had, had anxiety. I'm th- Look, by the end of this, we're all going to have our COVID story. And I hope that yours is like mine, where it's just amounts to two weeks of, of emotional discomfort and separation. But uh, that still is a lot. And it was... Um, yeah, I guess the ultimate takeaway here, because, you know, I, I could tell you all the details of what it was like, and I'm sure a lot of this is just repeating versions of stories that you've heard in the news, stories that you've heard from people around you, but I had to just give myself a week off. I That's mm-hmm. why I skipped one of our podcasts that we had. I stopped filming, uh, you know, our, our company is built in a way that it could continue without me, which was great, but... Taking that week off is one of the best decisions that I've made in a long time. And if you need the space to to just heal, even mentally, I, I cannot recommend it enough. It it was so crucial. And now on the other side of it, I feel reinvigorated. I feel alive. I get to go home in two days uh, and I'm very excited. I can't wait to see Maggie. Um, it was hard and I just, I wanted to share some of that. If- if I may contextualize some of your story uh, with this Please. comment, it's that you're um, going to look back on this as uh, essentially what it would be a successful handling of someone who had a positive, a positive right. um, diagnosis mm-hmm. and what that entails. And the first thing I think I remember texting when you were you were kind of experiencing anxiety was between two very intelligent people, one who works in healthcare and one who is literally immunosuppressed, you were going to always make the smart decision. And that's what you did. You made every intelligent decision to get to this point where you can go back and she's better. And you, uh, to get through that though, to have those emotional moments where you have to, um, confront your anxiety and assume the worst. I think that's kind of the, the biggest takeaway hearing this is that it's not easy to be smart in these situations. Like people are always like, oh, you guys are like, people are going crazy and they're assuming the worst. And it's those people that are being careful and taking the extra steps and having to deal with the emotional anxiety um, and oftentimes depression of realizing you have to separate yourself from loved ones. You have to contain this in any way possible, which also means sacrificing some of your personal um, liberties, whether it be emotional or even physical at some point, uh, that's the only way you can get to a point where you and Maggie now can get back together after two weeks of, se- of of separation. It's one of those things where I think any alternative steps y'all might have taken where you ignored it, where you stayed, where you denied it, where you didn't get or tested. Or assumed that I had already caught assumed it. Assumed you whatever, already caught right. it. 
those are the easier assumptions to have made. And undeniably, those situations are the ones where it spreads further. So I really commend y'all for taking the sort of emotional gut punch in order to handle it the way that I think most people should consider um, approaching the situation if they were to know someone who got diagnosed. So, I mean, if anything, I I only applaud y'all for for what you what you were able to do mm-hmm. with such such a high amount of stress. And I think it speaks to how isolating the whole virus and the experiences. You know, you read about it being isolating, but here it is where you're like your entire relationship, something that's very core to who you are and your happiness. It's it was split in two. And then for both of you, the person that had it and the person that's trying to protect themselves against it, it's it completely you're 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 alone. You feel trapped. I mean, I I think it's a really visceral firsthand account of how isolating it can be. And we're I mean, we're all feeling isolated, even just you know in our in our own houses with our loved ones. But then to be to be isolated beyond that between a bedroom and a living room or completely in a separate living area i mean it's this really like lonely trapped feeling that yeah is 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 in addition to all of the horrible physical symptoms really difficult emotionally it's, it's certainly tough for everybody right now in the sense that we're like you know our lives are altered but a lot of us can be happy that our lives are altered in a way that is just you're bored and unmotivated and maybe <laughs> depressed about that, not you're scared. Uh, because, you know, there's lots and lots of people, I mean, there are probably people listening to this too, who are scared. Like, Zach, you were scared. And, uh, you know, I was scared a few weeks back for Becky's parents. And there's people who, you know, probably have kids who are immunosuppressed and those parents are scared. We've heard stories of friends of friends who, like, they their parents did, skipped meals because they couldn't get groceries delivered for, for a week and they wanted to be able to feed their kid over themselves. Like there's some really scary situations because uh, for some people, this is a, a very, uh, you know, a life or death situation. So, um, yeah, you know, it's I know tough. for, for most people, you know, 95% of the people, if, if that happened to your partner, you wouldn't have another place to go to. Yeah. I only came here because I knew that it was open. It was furnished. I could come here without interacting with anybody or touching anything that other people would like touch. Like a keyless entry Airbnb type of thing. Yeah, it's uh, eye scan. So I just I got portaled <laughs> up, uh, <laughs> sucked up a mnemonic tube. It was awesome. Alien technology. Yeah. Hell yeah! But you know, I, if you could be separate rooms, separate bathrooms, you can, in theory, be in the same place. I just wanted to give Maggie that mm-hmm. sense of being a human being again, and and give her free range to you know try and make bread and all the stuff that we're all doing. I mean, all the let's time. let's show the people on YouTube a, a photo of this bread. I mean, she has she been made, on she her own baking journey. Holy she, uh, fuck. she her Look first attempt was she, I'll tell you that oh. well she lost her sense of um it's beautiful. Holy shit. She spoke focused a lot on the scoring because she lost her sense of smell and taste mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like, who cares how this tastes it looks she, gorgeous there's leaf yeah. details. i asked her how it was she's like i don't know but it looks great <laughs> um the the last thing i guess i'll say on this and by the way thank you that that'll mean the wor- world to her ned coming from from ned's bread to to wow. maggie well the, the last thing i'll say is that as i was going through this stress you know the anxiety attacks and worrying about my girlfriend worrying about myself and 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 just all of it 
that is when there were these protests in Long Beach and, and really all across the country, uh, the, the liberate Michigan and all this, and people saying that it was a hoax. Now, I know, look, part of this is people who are hurting and, and want to go back to work and have their livelihood. And, and for those people, I understand and I empathize. But the people who were out there saying that it was a hoax and that it wasn't something to be taken seriously, while I'm going through th all of this, it, it I mean, I, I had days where I, I had to scream into pillows. It was incredibly hurtful and insulting uh, and just fucking stupid. So but, stupid. you know, I, I still keep hearing people close to me who are like, I think we're going to look back and see that this is not, you know, it was kind of overblown. Guys, 50,000 people have died. Yeah, so there's a million cases I don't, here. I, I don't know how much... We'll get off of it. I, yeah. you know, that's why we saved this for the end. We want this to be a nice, safe place and a, a comedy relief for you throughout the week. But I had to get this off my chest and, and share with you in some way. So thank you for giving me the space to do that. Well, I mean, right. you've been playing so much Catan that you wrecked me last night. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I have been <laughs> being using, anxious and I mean, depressed like, and isolated for a week. Let you get up pretty good in those wheat harbors. <laughs> My, my takeaways here are to, to be like, if you know someone that's going through anything, like social interaction is so fucking crucial. Like I was talking to people throughout the day. Ned's referring to I, I was playing Settlers of Catan with our friend Kelsey, basically nightly, just as like to have one social hour where my mind wasn't focused on my body and, and micro analyzing every feeling in my lungs. Um, so that, that was really crucial for me. And I think aided in the mental recovery, um, and then being able to do stuff with Maggie, like, like we played mm -hmm. games, we watched movies together, just anything to, to reach out through the void. Uh, so I was a little offended though, that I, I lent to you, you, my copy of Zelda breath of the wild and you still haven't played it. I don't even know what's <laughs> wrong with you. It is the great, I forgot. I, I don't even know. Look, I, I, I made a I, trip to your home and delivered you a video game uh, in a bag so that you could play it and you didn't even play it. And now I can't play it. I thought about playing I, it. I'm like, I'd like to play it actually. Oh. And now I can't. Well, Zach, right. maybe you should just give it to Eugene. Yeah, and bring it full circle. I'm interested in this, so maybe you should go he to... He needs a switch. It is. I When I was frantically packing and trying to figure out how to uproot my life uh, entirely for an undisclosed amount of time while stressed out that I was infected and that my girlfriend was infected, you're right. I should have stopped and thought, man, I should bring Zelda with me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's the well, perfect escape. You know, thank you for apologizing, Zach, but you know, actions speak louder <laughs> yeah, than words. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've I'm so lost in life. I sure could use some help and guidance. And luckily we have a guidance counselor right here. And he has advice that will go for Miles. And now it's time for that segment with Miles. Bonsignore. It's advice that'll go for yes. miles. Tune into your radio station. It's advice that'll go for miles. Everyone get ready. Miles, miles Nation. Miles Nation. Go. It's advice that'll go for miles. Okay, so 
So right now you're sitting in your homes, on your phones, or on your computers, listening to the podcast, and you're like, wow, this is cool. But guess what? It's, it's about, about to, to get, get cooler. cooler. We need every single one of you out there in the Miles Nation to rise up. Go to the Twitter and Instagram of the Dry Guys and find the link, because we were just nominated for a Webby, and we need you to vote so we can conquer the world. That's right. You, me, Ned, Keith, Eugene, and Zach, all nominated yeah. for the best comedy podcast of the year, and it's all thanks to the Miles Nation Woo. for making it happen. Baby, we're making it to the top, and all it takes is one click. So go online and vote! Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the Webby Award for Best Comedy Podcast goes to... (laughs) Miles... Bonsignore. Wow. I never would have expected this. This is, please sit down. This is insane. Uh, I just want to thank the Miles Nation for helping me out. And a huge shout out to the Try Guys. Wow. Uh, Thank you guys so much. What the fuck's up, Miles Nation? Wow. How's everybody freaking doing tonight? Wow. That was wild. Better now. You know, I now I now hope that we lose. <laughs> <laughs> Read a book, you stupid bitch. <laughs> That's the advice. Read a book, you <laughs> stupid bitch. <laughs> no preamble. Get off your TV and read a book, you stupid, stupid bitch. <laughs> Books are good for you. TV's bad for you. We've been doing a lot of TV. We've been doing a lot of video games. But you know what's better than both those things is reading a book, you stupid bitch. There's all types of books. Books have been around for fucking never. <laughs> for a little while. Yeah, a little while. Books have been around since forever. So if you want to get a story, you can read a book. My advice to you, here's a couple books. The Bible. Don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't endorse. I don't endorse it, but it's a book. It's a book of books. It's a book of a bunch of different books. Here's another one. The book, the the, the social network was based off of. I read that. The Facebook. This, uh, yeah, the Facebook social network. It's called Accidental Billionaires. It was hot. I read The Martian. That was fun. I haven't read a book in about nine months. What about what about our book, Miles? I yeah I didn't read our, I I looked at the pictures for our book. Well, you know you you, you live it. Yeah, so. I live the I, I live the <laughs> hidden power of fucking up. So Miles, I feel like you could really get you know into our our deeper into our psyche and understand what makes us tick as people. It's a great way to understand your boss. That's a good point. You know what? I'll pick it up. I think it's, it's mandatory actually <laughs> as part of your workflow. I know yeah. you don't have we a have, full nine to five of work right now. Well, yeah. now you do. Oh, read that's that good. Book. Yeah, I, I'll schedule tomorrow on the on the iCal. In, in fact, n- next week's advice that'll go for Miles, we'd like a, a book report yeah, I, on <laughs> our book. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm a Twitch affiliate now, so head on over. Check out <laughs> tryguys.com for all of your accessory needs. Uh, we're doing a lot of stuff where when you buy stuff, we donate to some uh, people that need it. Um, so you can check out you can check that all out on Twitter at tryguys.com as well. And then also, you know, subscribe here, subscribe to the main channel. We got lots of good content. We're still doing three videos a week for now until forever. It feels like now, huh? I guess it's <laughs> our new thing. Um, so we're doing that. We're down to one podcast a week, but that's because maybe that maybe you'll have some more things to listen to this summer. Who knows? 
Spoilers? I don't know. Um, but yeah, lots, lots of good stuff. Uh, and until next time, Keith, hit us with the official tripod theme song. Well, go to your bookshelf, <laughs> pick out a book, and open the book and read. Boom, and boom, let boom, your boom, brain escape boom, through reality boom, and find some things boom, you boom, need. Boom, you could learn about birds <laughs> or other things or people in other times. And when you finish the book, you put it back. Until next time, stay beautiful.